We all have questions. We all need answers. It is on this program that we get our answers from the Bible. It's time to Ask the Preacher with Rev. Carl Gallops of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Welcome to this edition of Ask the Preacher. I'm your host, Mike Bates, and with me in the studio is the pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, Reverend Carl Gallops. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Mike. It's good to be here. I'd like to talk about sex today. Sex and the Bible. What an interesting topic. Sex and the Bible. I want to ask a question that lots of single people, mostly teenagers, but not entirely, want the answer to this question, and that is this. How far can I go sexually before it becomes a sin? That's a good question. And before you answer the question, I want our listeners to know that your credentials on this subject are greater than, yeah, he's a great pastor, okay? Well, thank you for that. Well, you are a great pastor. (laughs) But on this topic in particular, I want people to know that your credentials go beyond that. Carl Gallups was one of the first preachers ever to teach the True Love Waits message which is a program that is a biblically-based abstinence program, started out, it was either United States or Canada, you can answer that Uh in a moment, but has since gone internationally. And Carl Gallups was one of the very first people to teach this subject. So he really knows what he's talking about here. Yeah, did it for years. So now that I've built you you up and built up the expectations... (laughs) I sure can't make a mistake this morning, can I? Well, let's satisfy that expectation and answer this question. How far can I go sexually before it becomes a sin. Well, Mike, probably people are glued to the radio now, because not only is that an interesting question, not only is that a good question, but because of my involvement with the True Love Waits program and ministry for many years, we took a lot of surveys among students, primarily teenagers, but college students as well, single uh, uh, young people and adults. And and the question, they were asked a lot of questions, but but one of the questions was, what is the number one question you have about your sexuality and sexual activity. The number one question overall, every time this survey was given, was the question you just asked. How far is too far before I have sinned? How far can I go on a date? How far can I go sexually uh, with this person that I really like or care for or love, uh, but I'm not married to them? How far can I go before it is too far? Uh, So that's the number one question asked. Now, interestingly, Mike, the number one question when they were asked this, when when the young people were asked this, what's the the question that you ask the most, but that you get answered the least? In other words, what question is it that you really want to know, but that no one seems to answer? It was the same question. (laughs) How far is too far? So that kind of made its way into the top two there. In other words, that's a very important issue to a lot of people. And when you consider that they are admitting that they very seldom get a straight answer to it, then it makes the question even more perplexing. Will you give us a straight answer I today? I certainly will. I want the people to listen because I want to uh, I want to do some qualifying and I want to couch it in some biblical and some contextual and some human experience understanding, but I will give a very direct answer to that question. So I want our listeners to hang in here. Uh, uh, but but as, as, before I give that direct answer, let me let me just say a few things here. First of all, this this whole thing of sexuality and and sexual immorality and sexual sin needs 
needs to be put in its proper context. The biblical context is this, that God invented sex. He made us sexual beings. The Bible says male and female, he made them. And then he gave them the charge to go into the earth, to fill the earth, to multiply and replenish the earth. In other words, he gave us and expects us to use the gift of procreation, the ability to create out of our own bodies other human beings. And that creation, though, was couched within a love-marriage relationship between a man and a woman for life, married uh, uh, in, in the sight of God. In other words, God, uh, marriage was was God's invention. And marriage, by the way, is for everyone, believers and unbelievers. It doesn't matter if you're an absolute atheist. Um, marriage, as we know commonsensically, is kind of the glue of a culture. It holds cultures and societies together. So all of this was God's idea from the beginning. We've made sex a dirty word and a dirty topic and, a, and an ugly thing because of our sin nature. We've taken God's word about sex, God's laws about sex, and we have perverted them. And we've made a perversion out of it. But I want our listeners to understand as we get into answering this question that, that sex and sexuality, God's idea, God's invention, and this question of how far is too far, it applies to all human beings, not just teenagers. A lot of times we think that, well, this is a question for the kids, you know, how far is too far while they're out there dating. But, you know, there are, there are adults who are single, who are not married, who, uh, you know, rationally, well, I'm an adult, so I can do anything I want. You know, that, that question is just for kids. Well, no, it's not, not biblically. Um, this question is for uh, uh, kids. It's for children who are coming into uh, uh, puberty, who are dealing with the hormones and dealing with a culture that, uh, that is very sexually oriented, uh, television, cartoons, movies, uh, video games. And so it's for children, it's for teenagers, it's for college students, it's for adults, it's for, um, it's for older adults who maybe are widowed or who are divorced and who are back in the finding a partner kind of life. How far is too far for them? See, and so this issue is a is a broad spectrum issue. It, it, it is for the human experience. So it is a wonderful question, Mike. Now, since the True Love Waits program, though, is primarily focused and aimed at teenagers or college students, then a lot of my talk this morning will kind of come from that from that avenue. But that's why I wanted to start by making sure our listeners understood that. Um, Mike, the question is a good one. Before I answer it directly, I always like to pose this challenge to people, especially teenagers. Now, if I'm standing at a conference and there's two or three thousand young people out there in the auditorium and, 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 and I'll go over uh, this topic that, that, that this question is asked, how far is too far? I often, I always begin with this. See, the problem is, Mike, I think we ask the wrong question from the beginning. Uh, we say, how far is too far before I have sinned? Well, what you're saying is, is how close to the line can I get? How bad can I be before God finally says, okay, that's enough? Uh, how much sin can I do before God says that's too much sin? That's really the way we ask that question. And I propose that if we would ask the question in a more biblical manner, especially if you're a believer listening to this broadcast right now, if, if you claim to be a Christian, you claim to be a student of the Word of God, then the question doesn't need to be asked like that. If we were to ask the question, Mike, something like, Lord, before I go out on this date tonight, um, how can I honor you with my body? How can I honor the body of this other person in your eyes? How can I honor our relationship? How can I honor my witness before you and before the community in the way that I'm going to conduct myself tonight and in the future with this person? Now, when the question is asked more like that, the answer becomes a whole lot more obvious mm -hmm. to a person who will be honest with themselves. 
and to a person who will be honest with the scripture. I know you can be dishonest and still say, well, I'll do whatever I want. Okay. But if you ask, if you have an honest relationship with the Lord an honest understanding of scripture, and you ask that honest, godly question, how can I honor you with my body tonight? then that question becomes much less difficult. You see, Mike, I think the reason that's the number one question asked, and I think the reason it's the number one question asked that they never get answers to, you know what that means? That means pastors aren't answering the question. Parents and grandparents aren't answering the question. Uh, even peers are not answering it in a way that makes some kind of sense to each other. And I think the reason is because our culture has become so infatuated with and immersed in sexual freedom that the norms and the standards have been thrown out the windows, and so many people don't know what the norms or the standards are anymore. Now, having said that, now let me give a direct answer. I'm going to give the answer, but I want the listeners to hang in there, because every time I give this answer, there's all kind of reactions. Uh, people, uh, people don't quite know what to think of the answer at first, but give me a chance not only to give the answer, but also to explain the answer in a biblical and common sense framework and context. The question is, how far is too far in a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship with somebody? How far physically or sexually is too far to go before I have stepped over the line, stepped into the area of sin? The answer is, it's not found in a particular scripture, Mike, but the principle and precept from Genesis to Revelation, here's the answer. You go no further with a person that you are with when you're alone with them than you would if you were sitting right in front of their parents. Now, hmm. I pause for just a moment. You were asking me something earlier about, yeah, but I'm married and I wouldn't... Uh... There, there are things that I wouldn't do with my wife. I am married. I happen actually to be married to the most beautiful woman she on the planet. She is a beautiful woman and you have two beautiful children. But there are things that I wouldn't do with her in front of her father or in front of her mother. And I don't necessarily mean full-blown sex. Right. I don't think I would passionately kiss her in front of her parents and feel comfortable doing that. I understand. And but, what's wrong with kissing? Okay, but you see, you're kind of making my point here, because the key word there is, with my wife. And you see, the scripture is very clear that when we are married, a man and a woman married in the eyes of the Lord, that then the sexual experience is open to us as a gift given from God. It, it, the, the, the sexual un, union between a man and woman uh, certainly is, is, is uh, necessary for procreation, uh, but, but it also, according to the Word of God, it also is like a marriage glue that holds a man and a woman together. It's a, it's a spiritual uh, and, and physical uh, thing that happens between a man and a woman that deepens their love, their relationship. It, uh, it, it, it brings and causes more intimacy in a relationship. And so that realm of, of, of knowing each other in a sexual way, in a physical way, is perfectly legitimate, perfectly holy, perfectly uh, blessed by God within a marriage relationship. So it becomes then a private matter between you and your wife, and then that's between you and your wife and your common sense and your sense of decency as to how much of that affection you're going to display publicly. So you're making my point, though, that when you're not married, see, if you are married and, and you would feel uncomfortable passionately kissing your wife in front of her parents, then how much more uncomfortable should we be if you're not married to that person? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
kissing, for example, and we'll talk about kissing in a few moments uh, in, in more detail in relation to sexual immorality. Is kissing sexually immoral? We'll talk about that in a moment. But just for the sake of this illustration, uh, even being unmarried, I mean, even being married, you would feel uncomfortable doing it. So being unmarried, certainly not only should you feel uncomfortable, but it would be wrong. Now, now, when I make this statement, when I give this answer in front of those two to 3,000 kids sitting in that auditorium, there's a, there's a broad range of reaction, Mike. Uh, it, usually, you can hear a pin drop at first. Then within a few seconds, you can hear a few nervous giggles uh, as, as kids begin to realize how terribly they have violated that principle. <laughs> and, then, and, then every, and then you can start hearing people gasp, like, oh my gosh, this guy is a throwback to the Stone Ages. What do you mean? And then you can almost read their minds. And I'll, and I'll tell them, hey guys, I can read your minds. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, now wait a minute, wait a minute, preacher. When I'm out on a date, you know, the guys are thinking, when I'm out on a date with my girlfriend, and we're alone. What we do is our business. And then I tell the kids, but see, there's the perversion of your thinking. There's where our culture has taken us. Actually, it's not your business. It's not her business. Her body doesn't belong to you. Your body doesn't belong to her. Uh, number one, until you put a ring on her finger and her daddy would tell you it better be an expensive ring. Okay. And, it, and when you, before you stand at an altar and say, I do and make these commitments before witnesses and before God until death, do I part? Do, do we part? Um, her body does not belong to you. Her, her sexuality does not belong to you. Um, her, her spirit and her, her mind and her heart do not belong to you. Um, and vice versa. Yours don't belong to her. Well, who do they belong to? Well, if you're a believer, the Bible says that they belong to the Lord. Now, not in the sexual sense, of course, but, but our entire being belongs to the Lord. Our, our, our mental, our spiritual, our sexual, our physical being belongs to the Lord. And, and all of those things should be used to honor the Lord. Okay, the Bible is clear about this. Now, I'm paraphrasing. I can read specific scriptures in a moment. And, and, and our bodies, our minds, our souls, our well-being belongs to our, prayerfully, godly, our, our family, our mom and our dad. Not in a sexual way, of course, but I mean that that, that is somebody's child, that's somebody's uh, responsibility before the Lord. And so you violate that when you begin to involve yourself physically and sexually with that person that you're not married to. Now, now this principle, Mike, it really does make common sense if a person's honest with themselves. I know I often pose to young people, I look at the young men, I say, now, now wait a minute, thrust yourself 10 years into the future. You're married. You have a beautiful little girl. Okay? Do you want some guy coming into your home, grabbing up your daughter, sitting down and kissing her right in the mouth in front of you? Do you want him doing other things? Do you want him going further than that? right in front of you? And of course, they, no, no, no. And then I say, do you want them doing it out of your sight as well? No, no, no. I say, okay. Okay. Now you're beginning to get the common sense of this. Mm -hmm. you, you, can't, you can't fathom, you can't imagine that you would want your little girl doing it. So what makes you think that you have the right to do that with somebody else's little girl and vice versa with someone else's uh, uh, boy? And so it really does make common sense, Mike. But the reason why people have such a hard time accepting it is because our culture is so immersed in sexuality. It's immersed in sexuality, Mike. And, 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 and um, uh, so, so that, that, that is the answer. And, uh, and, and it leaves room, Mike, it leaves room for honest, biblical, maturing growth in a relationship as well. I, I remind people of this. Uh, it's one thing if you're 15 on your first date 
uh, you, you know, it's another thing if you're 17, 18, 19, uh, you're engaged. Uh, there's been a godly relationship developed and demonstrated and displayed for some time. Uh, you, you know, it's still there's still certain things you wouldn't do, of course, private or public. But I'm saying it does it does leave some room for some maturity and for the expression of your love for somebody. Uh, but it, again, that comes back to common sense and common decency and the biblical principles of what is right and what is wrong and the Bottom line is, if you are not married to that person, their body does not belong to you. It does not belong to you in front of their parents. It does not belong to you uh, alone somewhere, wherever that place is. It does not belong to you. And your body does not belong to them. And therefore, the answer is, how far is too far? If you do anything with that person that you wouldn't honestly do right in front of their own parents, then you've stepped over the line. It's really that simple, Mike. Before we take the break, do you have time to answer the specific question you brought up of, is kissing okay? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I tell young people this, you really should not, you should withhold kissing, the activity of kissing, uh, for a much, much later and more mature time in a relationship, if at all, until you're married. Now, I know, again, that sounds archaic, but here's why. Here is why. Because any, any clinical uh, 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 te- uh, clinician, any clinician who deals in sexuality, psychology, human psyche will tell you that kissing, particularly passionate kissing, is always, always a precursor to sexual intercourse and other sexual activity. It is considered by sexual clinicians, kissing is considered a sexual act. Lip-to-lip kissing, it is considered a sexual act. It excites the sexual senses. It is considered a sexual act. And I, I warn young people, you're, 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 all right. it's kind of like people argue about taking drugs. You take a light drug, well, what's next? Well, you, you want to go with a heavier drug. Why? Well, because soon the light drug just kind of satisfies that initial urge, but then it creates and it excites other urges. Well, it's the same thing with kissing. Um, uh, it certainly doesn't uh, appear at the surface to be sexual activity, but as a matter of fact, physiologically speaking, it is. And I warn young people to be very, very careful. Do not think that kissing, mouth-to-mouth kissing, is some kind of uh, just uh, simple, innocent little act. It is an asexual act. Okay. When we get back from the break, I want to ask a question about sexual sins and kind of, is it a worse sin? Is it a lesser sin than other kinds of sins? Because God has given us sexuality, which is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful experience. It is a naturally occurring biological urge to engage in sex, even, in my view, before you're married. Biologically, that urge is there. Now, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, we need to tame that. Because that sexuality is a gift from God, one of the theories that I have heard is that sins of the flesh are lesser than other kinds of sins. I want you to answer that question when we do get back. And we will get the answer to that question in a moment when Ask the Preacher continues. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. I'm Mike Bates. With me in the studio, Reverend Carl Gallups of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. Carl, is sexual sin, or sins of the flesh, is it more or less immoral than other types of sins? Well, the Scripture addresses that directly, and I want to read that passage of Scripture. Just before I do, though, 
just on the other side of the break, we were talking about kissing and whether or not kissing was a sin uh, and, and whether it was sexual activity, and I, and I, and I gave that answer. Um, but I, I wanted to say this. One of the ways that I help young people understand this, because, again, when you say that kissing really is sexual activity, and you should refrain from that sexual activity because it is designed by God to lead to other sexual activity. I always remind the young people, but when they kind of balk, and you can see them because, I mean, they're mm-hmm. so immersed in this sexuality that nothing seems wrong. Disney movies show passionate kissing. Passionate kissing, that's right. And so it, it, it just seems like, well, there's, you know, it's wide open, nothing wrong. Well, I always ask the kids, okay, so when you're passionately kissing, where are your hands? Mm-hmm. And there's always a stunned silence as they realize, well, they're not folded across their chest or stuck, you know, stuck, stuck down in their belt loops, uh, you know, because w- w- what are you doing with the rest of your body while you're passionately kissing? Well, it's, it's, it's a sexual experience. That's why I tell young people, yes, kissing is a sexual activity and you should refrain from that in your relationships until you're married. And I know that sounds so old fashioned, but it is, it is, it makes common physiological, biblical, godly sense. But anyway, having said that back to the question is sexual sin more of a sin than any other kind of sin. The Bible gives us a hint at that answer in first Corinthians chapter six, beginning with verse 18, the Bible says, flee from sexual immorality. By the way, that word immorality means anything outside of God's character regarding sexuality. Sexual immorality is defined as an immersion in pornography, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, anything that spits in God's face and on God's word concerning our sexuality. Flee from sexual immorality, the Bible says, because all other sins that a person commits are outside of his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And so, Hmm. Mike, the scripture tells us, is sexual sin more of a sin than other sin? Yes and no. No in that sin is sin. And any sin that's not covered by the blood of Jesus in a salvation relationship will take you to hell. We have a sin nature. All of us do. So in that sense, sexual sin is like any other part of sin. But in this sense, yes, sexual sin is particularly grievous because a sexual union, Mike, the Bible says, makes us one flesh, one mind. There's something spiritual that happens in a sexual union. There's something spiritual that happens when we are sexually intimate, physically intimate with somebody. It's not just a physical thing. I know in our world we think it is, but the Bible's clear. It's a spiritual, mental, emotional thing as well. And so when we immerse ourselves in sexual, immoral activities, we are also immersing our souls and our spirits in sexual in, in sin of a very personal nature. Not only does it affect our own bodies and minds, but the bodies and minds of other people, sometimes for several generations. So in that sense, yes, it is a particularly grievous area of sin. And as you pointed out, in today's culture, it's a lot harder to avoid that because it is everywhere. That's right. Television magazines, uh, video games, cartoons, uh, movies, and, and, and our culture is uh, uh, immersed and infatuated with sexual freedom. And so, you know, 
uh, when when kids are sitting and and they and they're hearing teachers talking about condoms and birth control pills and and they're hearing uh, of uh, high high ranking politicians even in the White House uh, some in some mm-hmm. administrations engaging in sexual activity and it's in their face continually in the entertainment industry then it's hard to turn around and tell a child that uh, listen this is uh, really immoral because the whole culture says that it's acceptable which is one of the reasons attendance at church and Bible study is so important absolutely. We are flat out of time here, Carl. Wow. Would you, um, well, before prayer, I, I want to plug your website because you've got an Thank outstanding you. website. It's www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. Carl, would you now please close us in prayer? I'd be glad to. And Jesus, I know this is a very holy, holy topic to you, and I pray that we would honor you with our bodies. I pray that those listening today will have received some kind of truth and freedom from your word and from the truth of your word so that our relationship with you would be pure. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.